you know, long story short, I found myself working in fashion retail with Federated Merchandising Group, really only because I went to a job fair that I wasn't invited to at a school that I didn't belong to, but I found opportunity. And so like moments like that really built upon this kind of trajectory of get off the straight and narrow and like go through the woods and find the fun paths and see what they bring you. I am unwilling to give up that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from the Kara Golden Show, and I'm super excited to have my next guest here. This is Michelle Cordero Grant, and she is the founder and CEO of an amazing, amazing, amazing brand called Lively. And for those of you who are not familiar with it, the most comfortable, we call it activewear inspired lingerie. I mean, I think living in a COVID world for the last like, you know, nine months now, I think most of us, if we'll all be honest, like it's, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to be as comfortable as possible. So I think it, it moves from, uh, from nightwear into, uh, into zoomwear. I, I think for most of us ladies out there, but I'm so excited to have her here. I've been not only admiring and engaging with this brand for a long time. I think that there's some really interesting components, um, including the community that Michelle and her company have built with over 135,000 members in this ambassador network. And it's just, it's just awesome what she's been able to build. So welcome. Super excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm beyond thrilled to be here today. Thank you. Yay. Yay. So, um, so you launched Lively in 2016 and what were you doing before? So prior to that, I was working in corporate America for amazing retailers like Federated BF Corporation and the tenure of my career with Victoria's Secret. Amazing. And were you actually in Ohio or were you, were you in, uh, were you able to stay in New York? I was lucky enough to be in New York when I was on that jet quite often going to Ohio from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Still living the New York life. Crazy, crazy. And so what made you think, okay, I've got to go and start my own company? Yeah. I mean, I never grew up thinking I would be an entrepreneur, nor did I even know the word. But when I got married, I I looked at my husband and I was like, okay, I actually want to spend time with him and build a family. And then I looked at my mentors and my leaders that were having phenomenal careers. And I saw them choosing between career and family. Mm -hmm. And I knew in my heart that I would choose career because I loved my job so much that I felt like, I need to really think about what I wanted my life to be like. I also saw this amazing brand that had 40% market share in a $13 billion industry in the United States of America alone. And I didn't wear the product anymore. Um, but I saw a brand that anywhere you went in the world, 
doesn't matter what language you spoke, people saw Victoria's Secret and they felt angel fantasy push up. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that, well, I've always been inspired by brand. Brand always moved me from a kid. I would get on a bus from Pennsylvania and go to New York City and visit these brands on Fifth Avenue. And I felt like there was room in the world for me to create a brand that told a story around what I believed, which was human individuality and, and women being really proud of their human uniqueness. I love it. And so so you coined the term, uh, I'm not going to pronounce it, leisurey. You're close. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, when I left Victoria's Secret, I went and I worked for a startup for three years because, you know, I had a non-compete and frankly, I didn't know anything about starting a company. Um, and I was eyes wide open about the fact that in corporate America, you're really great at certain components of an organization, but you don't really see the whole picture. So for three years, I worked for a startup um, in menswear for a company called Thrillist Media Group in the flash sale environment back in the day when flash sales were the thing. And I saw the rise of um, a, a company going from 30 employees to 300 and revenue from single digits to, you know, 70 million plus. But I also felt like the thing that needed to stand out was why do you exist? So when I was building Lively, what I found myself explaining to people is why do I exist? I'm building this brand that's a quote unquote lingerie company. And, and every time I said the word lingerie, investors, men, even women, their eyes would shift as soon as you said the word lingerie and you knew in their minds, they saw corsets and push-ups mm-hmm. and supermodels. Right. And so I said to myself, well, if I'm actually going to call attention in a meeting and really get someone's um, both of their eyes looking at me clear-minded, I need to come up with my own words. So five-mile run in Central Park, lingerie, athleisure, lingerie, athleisure, leisure. And you brought it together. How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip. Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning, too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long term retention you are looking for. 
And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's awesome. And so you, so do you think, so how did you decide to leave like a large company and then go to Thrillist? I mean, what was, were you recruited out of there or did you take some time first and then found them or how did that all work? You know, I found myself getting up, walking to work every morning and I was definitely the girl that was skipping to work every morning because I, I loved what I did. And then all of a sudden, my skips were getting slower. And all of a sudden, I was dragging my feet. And I really started to reflect inside and realize, like, I, I was losing the fire for what I loved. And that was, like, something that I prided myself upon, the fact that I had a job that I actually loved. And so I started to talk to my, my husband and my friends about this. And, 
you know, I saw, you know, people crossing 14th Street in Manhattan and all these startups were happening. And I was like, you know what? I think maybe I should just take a YOLO and and go be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And statistically, it's going to fail in five years. And what is my greatest downside? I start back where I was in corporate America and eat some cup of noodles and ramen noodles for a couple of years. But I, in my gut, I felt like if I didn't try, I was always going to regret it. So so that's kind of where I was. I'm like, I found my way to New York City. Like, let's build the American dream. I love it. One thing I, you and I were just talking about my book and that I just launched a few weeks ago. And one thing that I always talk about, about entrepreneurship that I think people need to be reminded about, which you just talked about is that you had done something really great in your, in your life, right? Like building, you know, this amazing division inside of Victoria's Secret. And then you decided, well, maybe I'll go do this. Maybe I'll you know, have cup of noodles, like it in case things go wrong. But I always tell people that if you remind yourself that what you've actually done and what you've built is like, you know, you could always go back to that. And all it is, is just like another chapter, like what's the worst that can happen, right? Right. This other chapter where you go and start it and, you know, I could just hear it like, well, then I had this idea and it didn't work out. And here's why. Like any large company would take you back, right? Like it's not, I mean, it, it, like maybe it's not, you know, the same company, but do you know what I'm saying? Like people would appreciate that because you took risk. You tried innovation. Like that is always going to be valued, right? And so I said to people, like, when you actually remind yourself about that, which is exactly what it sounds like you did, I'd love to kind of hear you like reminisce about about that time as well. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm the daughter of two Indian immigrant parents who were so brave and and left a country and came to a place that they had no idea what they were going to expect, but they knew there was opportunity, right? And and so I watched them build our family in the middle of rural Pennsylvania. And so I always look back on that thought of like, what was it like to leave India and come to the United States of America in your young 20s and start a whole life, right? I think I could go to New York City and start a career. I think I could leave Victoria's Secret and like try to build a company. Um, you know, and really at one point in my life, I felt like I was very much on this like straight and narrow path, which was doctor, lawyer, investment banker, go to school, get good grades, do one of these three things. And as I was on that path, I felt like I don't feel a fire in me. Like, where's the fire for all of this? So you know, long story short, I found myself working in fashion retail with Federated Merchandising Group, really only because I went to a job fair that I wasn't invited to at a school that I didn't belong to, but I found opportunity. And so like moments like that really built upon this kind of trajectory of get off the straight and narrow and like go through the woods and find the fun paths and see what they bring you. There was a point where I went to law school for two weeks because I thought I was supposed to be a lawyer. I'm the daughter of two Indian immigrant parents. I'm not a doctor. I'm definitely not an investment banker. So there's one in the middle. And after two weeks, I looked at my dad and I said, I want to go back to New York. I want to go back to where I was I was feeling the fire and the excitement. He's like, no one's telling you not to. Yeah, totally. Yeah, no. And I think that's so important to hear. I, I speak on college campuses a lot. I was doing a talk yesterday with Stanford and it was amazing, you know, the, the sort of questions that I was getting around like 
They've got to go figure it out. They've got to, you know, how'd you know what to do? And I'm like, you know, the, the greatest and most interesting people I know actually like took a right, figured out that that wasn't where they wanted to go. And then they took a left, right? Yeah. Like the most unhappy people were continued going right. They weren't happy. They kept going right, right, right. And I'm sure it's the same for you. Like, it's like you have to know that it's okay, you know, to, to turn and like, and you, you can have a goal, but just know that, you know, you may want to turn and you may want to leave law school. And, you know, it doesn't mean like, you know, there's something wrong with you. And like, as long as you're smart, as long as you're, you're in touch with kind of your fire and what you ultimately want to want to do. I think it's, it's just super, super important. And it's that message I think is so important even for our Gen Z's to like hear that it's like, you don't have to have it all figured out. And most great people don't actually have it figured out. They may pretend, you know, that they do, but most of the time that they they do not, I have found. So, um, so where'd you get the name? So the word lively, you know, it started out where I left my job at Thrillist on a Friday and I started Company X without a name on a Monday, came to a space that was going to be the company. And I sat there with a notebook. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start a company today. And I had nothing. I just knew I was going to create something big and brilliant and great, but I had nothing. So what I did was I just started writing in my notebook, collecting my thoughts, meeting with other people and like verbally sharing what I wanted to build and what I wanted to say. It wasn't really about what they were going to say back to me. It was me verbalizing what I wanted to build and what I wanted to say. I love it. Yeah. And so over the course of a couple of weeks of doing that, I had built a PowerPoint because I grew up in corporate America. That's where I was comfortable. And the PowerPoint had images and words and feelings of what became this persona that I was starting to call Liv. And Liv was this person that incorporated all the elements that were the greatest components of my life. So, you know, people that really inspired me, a a friend of mine, Amy, who walked into a room and you just felt her energy come alive, people that were living fearlessly, et cetera. And this persona just kind of took on what I wanted to build, which was comfortable in my own skin, living your best life and really responding to what life is giving you, that breath of fresh air, that gorgeous sunlight, the blooming of flowers in the spring. But I knew if I was going to build something in lingerie, it could not be a name. It could not be anything that lingerie has ever seen before. It needed to be a word that verbalized that feeling. So like every entrepreneur, I would pine, you know, my soul away every night trying to think about what is this word? What is this word? And one night I woke up at 3 a.m. and punched my husband in the stomach and I was like, lively. And he's like, what? I'm like, lively, active, energetic, outgoing. This word is going to evoke the emotion that I want people to feel when they learn about this brand. He's like, okay, cool. I'll talk to you about this. I I went on this journey where I was like, all right, this is the word. And everyone was like, Michelle, you're out of your mind. Have you heard of Blake Lively? I was like, yes, I know her. She's awesome. But that is not what I'm looking to build. It's what this word means. And and trademarking something like that wouldn't be easy. But here we are today. And so you got the trademarks on it. I didn't get it at first. (laughs) I filed in September. The day before Thanksgiving, I got a phone call. And I was at my mother-in-law's house. And I went on the front yard and took the call. And my lawyer said, It can't be lively. You need to move on. It's, you know, for whatever reasons, you're not going to get this trademark. And I called her back and I said, 
you know what? This is going to be your greatest story ever told. You're going to get this trademark with me. We're going to do this together. We're going to write these rebuttals and we're going to make it happen. And so three rebuttals later, four other lawyers helping me and six months in. You got it. it. That's awesome. (laughs) I love hearing that. Well, I always say that when I start a tent, my initial name, I, you know, as a parent and had been kind of living in the zone of just just parenting for for a few years. And I had this idea for a water and I called it Wawa. And so my husband, who's an intellectual property lawyer, started laughing and he was like, you know, he's from New York. And he said, so I I grew up in Arizona. And so I didn't know about that little chain in Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. called Wawa. And he was like, you're you know, this is not going to work out. Like, don't do this. And so then I started talking about other names and, you know, I said, we're giving people like hints and there's hint of, um, of flavor. And, and, uh, and so then I said, hint. And he said, four letter word, you're never going to get the trademarks. And, uh, PS, I told him to file and act as my lawyer and stop like talking to me about business decisions and issues. And so, we have worldwide trademarks on Hint as well as drink water, not sugar, all these things that we weren't supposed to have. So I always share the story around, but particularly you from Pennsylvania, who's like I said, you would totally appreciate the Wawa. I still go to Wawa now every Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is. It's a it's a good thing to have there. So I I touched on this in your intro, but you created this huge ambassador network that like just is beyond and how did you I mean how did you think about that because does Victoria's Secret have that or how did you like how did you sort of I mean that was amazing yeah I mean the way I thought about it was I I grew up admiring incredible brands right and and in my perception these brands were built in New York City with millions of dollars and focus groups and all these amazing things and then tested and pushed out to the world well, enter Facebook, Instagram, and the rise of social media, I wasn't seeing a brand that was built by a community. And I felt like, well, why take the risk of spending millions of dollars to launch a brand that we don't even know the world loves? Mm -hmm. Instead, let's actually build a community and have them build the brand with me. So it's not, you know, Michelle building this brand. It's actually a community of women across America building a brand together. And so not only do you have proof of concept while you're building it, you also have an audience. So that was an initial thesis. <laughs> and it kind of blew up from there. And how did you like even start it? Like what was the first like step for actually building this out? Yeah. Well, one, I needed women with me to help me figure out how. So I, I hit LinkedIn and I just started creating a list of companies that I felt like had amazing launches. And I said, well, who worked for those companies when those companies launched? And I was cold calling people after people on LinkedIn. And I would get like a one to 2% response rate, to be honest. But one woman that responded to me was this amazing person, Nicole Williams. And, you know, her and I met and she said, look, let's create focus groups. And I said, definitely. I was like, but I don't want them to know me. And I want it to be two degrees of separation because otherwise you get the people that love you. um, And they're going to tell you it's the worst idea or the best idea out of pure love. So we started building networks of women, 12 to 20 women, renting out Airbnbs on the Bowery and bringing moms together, fitness women together, business women together, and just bribing them with wine, cheese. And you get to be a part of building brand X. 
luckily, women at the time in 2016 were pumped to do that. And we had a very regimented rhythm of what that focus group was going to be about, which was let's show them images on a coffee table, give them post-it notes, write down a word. What comes to mind when you see it immediately? Let us know. And if it said like provocative, sexy, da da da, we're like, cool, that's that's lingerie. Cool, we're making something different. As soon as we would see words that were not in the you know atmosphere of lingerie, like confident, empowered, unique we would put those images to the side. And then words, panties, underwear. Women were not comfortable using those words yet. Those were the words used in our in our area. But I, yeah, women like to say the word undies to their kids, to their husbands, to their grandmothers. And so went through a lot of exercises like this and came out with a really cohesive end result. I love it. That's super smart. And so what do these ambassadors do beyond... That was in the intro period. But beyond that, like, what did they do for you now? Once we launched, we saw that we shipped to every state in America within 45 days with only organic marketing. And we said, these are our ambassadors that are making this happen. And so we felt like we needed to keep create a two-way street where we started to support them. So it could not be about the ambassadors just saying, like, meet Lively, look how great Lively is, that era. It had to be about meet Morgan, meet... Tiffany, me, you know, all of these incredible women we were meeting digitally and we would sit and we would have events when our company was two weeks old. And I kind of laughed because I remember when we launched our first event, it's like, yes, everyone's going to come. And now looking back, like our company was two weeks old. Like how ignorant were we that anyone was going to come? (laughs) That's so funny. I love it. But you tried. I mean, that's another huge message that and it, it just be like, yeah, it, you could look back on it as a massive failure or, you know, or a huge success. And yeah, I love yeah. it. But some women showed up, which was nice. We had, you know, 40 women in our HQ, which was just like an office in, you know, a random part of Manhattan. But what we did was we listened to what they were talking to each other about. Because my thought was, all right, if we're going to do something different, it has to be about them. So let's like listen to their conversations and their banter with one another and understand what they care about. At that time in 2016, it was soul cycle and succulents and DIY calligraphy. And, and I would say to the team of three and a half of us, this is what we need to have events about. Let's call soul cycle and have an event and offer them a happy hour for their employees. Let's have a succulent class and, And so we started to give them things to do with one another and build relationships with like-minded people. That actually became the stickiness of Lively. It was never about the bras at the beginning. Bras were like the second part. The first part was the human connection. And that's that's awesome. That's amazing. And so, like, when did you really know that that was taking off? There was one moment where we knew we were onto something. It was a month before we actually launched. It was March. Um, I remember the day very well. It was a Friday in early March, uh, literally a month before we were launching. And we took the images and the words and the taglines that we got from the focus groups and put up a splash page. We took the code from Harry's, you know, the razor company that put their referral campaign open sourced. And we said, all right, well, like, let's build an email list with these, this content that the focus groups told us was what the world wants. Let's see what happens. So we emailed 250 people. That's all we could get between the three and a half employees we had at the time. And our goal was 5,000 emails a week when when Harry's got 100,000 in four weeks. So if we can get like 20,000 in four weeks, that's going to be pretty awesome. So we sent it. 
Friday evening, we had 500 emails. Saturday morning, we had 1,000. Saturday afternoon, we had 50,000. Saturday night, we had 90,000. And we were like, That's amazing. This is, this is hacked. So we called the developers. We're like, something's broken. They're like, no, 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 Michelle, this is real. Saturday morning, we had a And that just started with like three people internally emailing their friends. I mean, emailing our friends and like Bloomingdales.com, mortgage guy from blah, 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 like anyone we could find in our job. Yeah. And offering them like some incentive to sign up or? Yeah. Well, what was interesting was we never shared the price of our product, but we said we will give you credits and points towards your first purchase. So if you got like five people to give us your email, you'll get three points towards your first purchase. No one knew if the bras were $50 or $200. It was more that they were in on this concept. And so when we saw it all settle, we had 133,000 emails and 300,000 sessions globally. And we were getting, we turned on all of our customer service channels. We're like phone, text, email. I was like, I need to know why. Like what is going on? Because the why is the marketing. And we would have these girls in Australia saying, my friend got a lively email. Where's my email? And honestly, we'd say the servers are crashed. We have no idea. But why do you care? Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Oh, my God. That's so scrappy and, and so great. I Wow. That's that's amazing. Did you ever have plans to sort of do retail stores? Or what was kind of your, no, you really wanted to focus on this being a direct-to-consumer brand. Well, we wanted it to be omni-channel, but mm-hmm. we didn't want to rush into omni-channel. We're definitely omni-channel much faster than we wanted to be <laughs> or thought we would be. That's all. And so how do you view omni-channel for Lively today? Like, what do you, so your email, obviously, and then also just direct-to-consumer just overall? Well, we have four brick and mortar stores. So we're in Austin, Chicago, Boston, and Soho. We have a partnership with Nordstrom and we also do a digital partnership with Madewell. But we're, we were very kind of disciplined about in the early days actually saying no to a lot of people in wholesale because we really wanted to understand who we were as a brand. And, you know, the one thing I learned at Victoria's Secret is if you're building a brand, you have to be disciplined on being concise and consistent. Mm-hmm. Concise, consistent, concise, consistent. And I didn't feel like that would happen going wholesale for the product that we sell. After we had all these events with the ambassadors, we would have pop-ups all these different places. And we realized at the end of the pop-up, people would ask to buy the product. I'm like, well, I guess we should have pop-ups that last longer than two hours. And so we would have pop-ups that lasted two weeks. And those two-week pop-ups were ROI positive. Um, and they spun into six-month retail locations that are now permanent. Very, very cool. And I do believe that more and more, I mean, you mentioned Harry's before. I mean, there's lots of examples of that. We we sort of went in the reverse direction where we were, you know, in stores first, and then we started doing direct-to-consumer, which we're now the largest beverage doing direct-to-consumer, 55% of our overall business. So we yeah. are, yeah. So, and people are really surprised. I mean, we have a significant subscription business. I mean, for us, it's really about helping the consumer around health and we've launched sunscreen and deodorant and some things that are really focused on really guiding not just the consumer, but hopefully categories and industries to ultimately just do better. I mean, that was really my mission from the beginning. Um, So anyway, really like unique company on, on so many fronts for, for a lot of different reasons, not sort of we like the, the, 
beverage is a vehicle for us to sort of really understand much more about who this customer is. So I love everything that you're talking about. So what do you think is the hardest thing that you've dealt with in building a company? Since this was your first company that you're, you're the founder. <laughs> um, you know, I think being a sole founder was harder than I thought it was going to be. You know, I went in thinking, again, that this would be like a two to three year experience. I would learn a lot and then probably restart and do something again, having knowledge, right? Um, but I went in eyes wide open on this one, very utopian in my thinking, doing everything that I was taught not to do in retail, but said like, let's try doing it different. No sales, no markdowns, one price for all products that we know we don't pay the factory the same price for, you know, very um, different type of thinking than what I was taught. But I would say sticking to those core values and what I went into the project thinking was right for the next phase of what brands should be, which is about, you know, human impact first, human impact and human emotion first, mm-hmm. and thinking about spreadsheets and revenue second. Because I, my thesis was, look, if you're doing right by your consumer and your community, they will pay you back for it in the end and your P&L will feel it was probably the hardest thing for me. And I would couple that with, Also, you know, really living the life that I said I was going to live by leaving corporate America. And so, you know, getting pregnant with my second child eight weeks after launching a company, it's hard to balance, right? And and really try and live the life that you say you're going to live. Especially with little, little kids. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. And so now leaving a company and feeling, you know, my pressure now is I work for everyone I hired Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I owe it to them to demonstrate the leadership and the lifestyle that I hope and wish for all of them. I love it. No, I, I, that's awesome. And then you had a huge announcement in 2019, right? Yeah. So tell us about it. Yeah. So um, my company was acquired in um, August 1st of 2019, four years to the day that I, I took my first dollar of investment it's kind of a very serendipitous journey for me. When I turned 35 on my 35th birthday, I got my first investment. And when I turned 39, I, I sold my first company. Oh, my God. <laughs> but it was a journey where I felt like I didn't compromise on the values. And when a company approached me and said, hey, we're interested in acquiring Lively, the first answer that I had was like, what? We're not for sale. We're just getting started. This this baby's four years old. Not even. But once I peeled back the layers and realized that this company has the same core values as Lively and that this company is now beyond me, it's about the team that I've hired and the legacy that I said I wanted to leave for my daughter and women beyond, I needed to get out of the way. So I uh, met with this company. This company is public out of Japan, went to Japan by myself. What's the name of the company, by the way? Wakol America. Okay. Incredible. Um, also a lingerie brand that came to the United States in the 80s, um, but started in Japan in the 50s, late 40s. And they invited me to Japan to really understand their history. For me, the moment that I realized that this was it was I was going through a museum in Kyoto and going from where we are today all the way back to the founder that started the company Wakol. And on the wall, he had drawn a logo that said beauty and balance. Hmm. And the logo looked exactly like our watermark for Lively. I love it. So I met all of this place with butterflies in my stomach and called my husband and I said, it's meant to be. That's awesome. I went to Kyoto last year. It's such a beautiful city. It's gorgeous. So 
That's, that's amazing. And you're still the founder. I mean, you're always the founder, but you're still the CEO. I still am the CEO. I'm very fortunate that, um, you know, Waffle America knows how much I love Lively and the team. And, you know, I really was admiring Bobby Brown's story and how she built her company and had ran it for 20 years after. And, you know, I'm still getting started with Lively. I love it. That's so great. What a great, huge story. So where can people find Lively? Will you share the, uh, the website and also where can people find you? Sure. We are at www.wherelively.com and Where Lively on Instagram. Uh, four stores in Austin, Chicago, Boston, and Soho, New York. And I'm at the underscore Michelle Grant. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michelle, for coming by. And everybody, please give Michelle five stars, huge marks, and subscribe and come back and visit us where we hear other amazing stories on how people are building great companies and doing awesome things and sometimes selling companies too, which is always super, super fun. So thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Golden. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.